Okay, you ready for this? <laughs> no! <sighs> You're gonna do fine. Okay? Alright, bye. Okay, Roger, I want you to introduce the podcast. Yo, it's Maria here today, and as Simon would say, here we are, season two, episode three of the Central Podcast. Maria is my name, and I will be hosting this episode, Um, and if it sounds like I'm reading a script, it's because I am. Um, Simon's given me a whole list of things to say. Central is the 18 to 30s ministry of Imaginations Church, which is a Christian church in the western suburbs of Sydney. You know, we created this podcast to give us all another way to stay connected, especially through this pandemic season, which seems to be very unrelenting and just continuing on. We hope you're all staying well, staying safe, um, staying socially distant where you need to be. Well, we haven't had a chance to catch up with everyone we wanted to, so we thought we'd give some people a quick call and do quick catch-ups. Hello. 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 Oh. I love you, Mum. Hello. Quick catch-ups. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Bethany. It's Maria. How you going? Good. How are you? Very good. <laughs> um, you're currently on the Central Podcast. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. Were you waiting for this call? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Anything you want to say to everyone? Uh, just like to say hi. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good day. And hope to see everyone soon in person um, and hang out with each other. That'll be really cool. Yep. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Have a good day. See ya, you too. Bye. Bye. Hey, Patience. Oh, hey, Maria. How are you? Sorry to um, interrupt your day. You're, okay. curr- you're currently on our Central podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I love it. It's so good. Look, anything, anything, anything you want to say to everyone? Um, I hope everyone's doing well. Yep. Good work. <laughs> I um yeah, I'm hosting today's episode. Well, today's episode, the newest episode. So yeah, I'm doing the quick catch ups. Okay, so I, like, I literally don't even know what to say. I'm like, <laughs> that's okay. All right. All right. Enjoy it. Okay. Well, um, All right, I'll let you get back to work. Sorry. Okay. okay. That's okay. All right. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Hey, Nicola. It's Hi, how are you going? Good. How are you? Good, good. I haven't seen you in forever. Well, I've been locked away forever. I know, me too. <laughs> well, I'm calling you because you're currently on the Central Podcast. Sorry? You're currently on our Central Podcast. What do you mean? Like, you're on our Central Podcast right now, live. Is there, oh. any, is there anything you want to say to everyone? Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Uh, no. Um, are you serious? 
Yeah, we just call a bunch of people and do a quick catch up. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, okay. have a good day. Oh, okay. Bye. All right, Jess Dawkins. Hello. Hey, how are you going? Good, how are you? Good. Sorry to interrupt your day. Oh, that's okay. You busy doing uni work, hey? Yeah, I just had two uni Zoom calls back to back, so that was a fun time. I'll tell you the reason why I'm calling. Um, you're currently on our central podcast. Oh, wow. Hi, everybody. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Um, is there anything you want to say to everyone? See, I listened to the other podcast when you guys did this, and I was like, oh, if they call me, I have to have something to say, and I've got nothing to say. you got nothing. That's all good. I got nothing. Oh, good. Well, um, Simon does chop up little bits of our phone calls, so it's all good. He'll edit what he wants and what he doesn't want. Um, I'm just merely the host today, um, and I hate phone calls, so it's like, oh, I hate calling people. But anyways, <laughs> I'm such a me- – I, I message people. I don't call people. <laughs> oh, I, I'm the same. I definitely always message people. I think it's an introvert way. Oh, yes, me too. I'm such an introvert, so yeah. I understand. Well, um, Simon has been trying to get Matt for, like, weeks. Yeah, he's home. I don't know if he's just doing uni stuff or not, though. I wonder, like... I don't think he has your number, but if Simon calls him, he'd probably answer. Hmm. I wonder if I should just call off Simon's phone. That could work. And be like, sorry, it's not Simon, it's Maria. (laughs) Catch him off guard. I mean, hey, you could try. I could try. I'll try. Like I couldn't answer the phone right now. Uh, Didn't even answer off Simon's phone. <laughs> well, thanks for um, chatting with me today and having a quick chat up. Thanks for calling me. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. Jess Evans. Oh, hey, how you going? Good. How are you? Yeah, good. How's your children and Elliot going? Oh, they're good. Well, uh, yeah, they're kids, but um. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, um, the reason why I'm calling is that you're currently on our central podcast. Oh, lovely. That's fun. And you know what? I 100% would like if Simon calls me, I'm never going to answer. There's nothing interesting to say. Oh, okay. So you even know the drill. I don't even need to like juice it. It's great. Yeah, no, we listened when Jenny did it, so it was great. Oh. I mean, also, have been listening to the podcast in general, but... Anything you want to say to everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I can feel so on the spot now. I can feel so on the spot. I'm like, I have nothing insightful to provide. I think everyone's having a great day. That's Just good. Best life. Stay away from whales, right? Oh, freak, why? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Jess is actually afraid of whales. Like, oh. low-key, my worst friend in the whole world. Yeah. Anyway, so, there you go. All anyway, right. I'm glad you're doing all right. And I'm glad you're doing okay, too. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey. Linda. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Well, I won't keep you long, but the reason why I wanted to call was just to let you know that you're currently on our central podcast. Oh, hello. (laughs) Is there anything you want to say to everyone? Oh, 
Alright, well, I'll talk to you properly soon, okay? Alright, no worries. Okay, bye. Bye. Alright, let's try Adam Davies. Hey, sorry, I can't get to the phone right now. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you going, Beck? Good, thank you. Good. Thanks. How's your day? Yeah, it's, um, it's been pretty good going back to scripture, so... Oh, nice. Um, that's, that's been nice. That's good. Sorry to interrupt your day, but... Oh, no, it's okay. You're currently on our central podcast. Am I? Awesome. Yeah. So I'm hosting today, um, well, this episode, and just doing our quick catch-ups. Is there anything you want to say to everyone? Well, hey, and super good that we can all connect together, and um, hope they're all going well. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye. You too. Thanks. Bye. Hello. 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 So thank you to everyone that answered your phone and had a quick catch up with me. It's good to hear your voices. We've got an awesome episode for you. Simon had a really good conversation with Uche from In Church Phoenix. And the topic they discuss is racism and the Christian response. So I'm going to hand it over to Simon and yeah, enjoy this podcast. Well, special thanks to Maria for hosting this episode. I really appreciate it. And we have a special treat for you today. We have the privilege this episode to catch up with Uche from Phoenix, Arizona. Now, Uche is a key member and worship leader at Imaginations Church in Phoenix, which is a location tied in with us here in Sydney. And he is just a legendary guy. Him and his wife, Sose, have visited us here in Sydney. Uh, My wife, Maria, and I have visited them a couple of times in Phoenix. And I just love the guy so much. And I wanted to get him on to talk about racism and the Christian response to racism. Now, when we talk about race, we're talking about people. And people matter all the time, whether they are in the news or not, whether they are social media trending or not. And we want to take time in the Central Podcast to talk about current topics, obviously, things that are big talking points in the world today. Um, But I want to do it from a perspective of, hey, what should my response be as a Christian? And I want to talk to Uche about it because he has such an amazing story. So for those who don't know you, Uche, why don't you give us a bit of your background, where you're from, you know, you're, you're married, you got kids. How many kids you got now? A hundred? <laughs> close, close. Three. I got 90, I got 97 more to go. So I was born, I was actually, I was born in Nigeria. I'm Nigerian. Moved to the States when I was 13. 1996. Moved here with my mom and my my siblings I have a brother and two sisters, an older brother and two two younger sisters. So we all migrated to the states, and that's that was how that's how, how she wrote. Back in the day, they used to have this like lottery thing in Nigeria where you apply, and the lottery is what got you to your lottery is pretty much a, a green card to come to the United States. So, so moving from Nigeria, were you like just trying to seek a better life? Were you were like? Oh yeah, I mean, like most most of the time, when people migrate is that's that's it they want to they want opportunity to be to better their lives really and so so this this lottery thing it was thousands of people thousands of people apply and they only select a handful so we ended up getting my mom didn't even tell us that she applied for it and she made us not tell anybody until we had to do the series of interviews which was like you know the whole process was like four years to get so how long was it between when you found out you were in and moving to the states oh we found as soon as we we found out 
uh, probably like a couple months later, you know, you find out, and my mom was like, "We're out." Like this, this buy, this fine, this buy plane tickets. You know, as soon as she can conjure up the money to buy plane tickets, you know, we're just out. We, you know, fig- figured out where we wanted to live. We actually moved to Arizona, and, and we were gonna stay with my uncle in Texas, but that it wasn't working out. So that took some time to find, you know, to figure out where we we're gonna live. And then once we figured out that we we're gonna come to Arizona and actually live with my, we actually lived with my wife's family for like the first three months that we. Then we moved to the United States. and So what was that all like when you moved? I know for me, I moved from Canada when I was seven. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to say bye to friends. I'm guessing you probably still had family in Nigeria. Um, you're 13. You're stepping into high school in the United States, coming from Nigeria. What was that like? Well, that was, I mean, it's, it's different. You can only imagine what the culture, I went to Niger, a Nigerian military school. So that, <laughs> that was what does that look like? I, I can't even explain to you what a Nigerian military school is. I, I can't. It's just it's. Let's say let's say okay. So you're you're in the I don't know I don't know how you guys do your grading system over there. So let's say you're in a in a, in a senior in high school and I'm a sophomore in high school. As a senior, you can you can tell me what to do, and if I object, I'm in trouble. Like that's how that's how it is. So you have. Because a class is like 150 students in one class, massive oh. classes. You know, they don't, and they don't like they don't promote. Like you have to pass to get promoted. If you fail, you stay. So there'll be like in the class, there'll be like a a 14 year old and a 19 year old in the same class. So they'll just mess with you. They'll just mess with you. You know, like it was. It was that's just that's just the student wise. Not even talking about the teachers and what they can. You dare not even talk back to a teacher. Don't even like, like, you know, camouflage, you know, teachers walk around the school and with cane, like with. So um, I take it it was impossible to skip class. It was like. I mean, only if you want to, only if you're going to get whooped. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned to me before that you could speak English. Uh, You came to the States, but the accents were a little bit weird. Coming here, the English wasn't a, the accents were very hard to understand, you know, because teachers would say something in class, you're like, I have no idea what that guy just said. So that was. Dude, that happened to me too. I remember coming from Canada, totally English speaking country. Yeah. I know there's a French province, but I remember getting spelling tests wrong because I couldn't understand <laughs> the accent. Yeah, that was hard. That took that took some time. That took some time. And and just things like like talking back to the teacher in class, you know, that was. That was really, that was really different for me because we didn't talk back to the teacher. So let's fast forward a bit. Now you came in high school. So where are you at now? You're married. You have kids. Like, yeah. what do you do for work? I'm a, I'm a physical therapist now, so I do physiotherapist, as you guys call it. I call, you know, I'm a, and I, I I I really like my job. I like I like what I do. Um, I went to school for a long time for it, so I better like it, I guess. You know, so I enjoy I enjoy it. I work in an outpatient setting, but I also do some home health. Yeah. Things, you know, I go to people's homes um, and treat them at home. So it's it's cool. It's good flexibility. I'm married to my beautiful wife for 13 years. I got three kids. She too just got done with school. She grinded. She got done with nurse practitioner school. So she's. So where'd your wife come from? My wife and I, my wife's family and our family were neighbors in Nigeria. So I've known my wife since since. I can remember really. Whoa, like, bro, that is like, yeah, that's like a Disney movie, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, yeah. So I've noticed that her family moved to the states when she was six, when she was younger, 
And then our family moved here when I was 13. And I, like people when I tell people that they think it's like an arranged marriage, but it totally was not a, an arranged marriage. Believe me. And when I say that we're, we started dating at 20, got married at 24. That, that is so awesome, man. Like, do you, do you look back and think about what your life would have been if, if you stayed in Nigeria? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, the reason we actually even thought about moving, my dad was my dad was high up in the military, in Nigeria military. That's why I we went to military school. My dad was high up in the Nigeria military. And then he passed away in 1992 in a, in a military plane crash. Oh. So, like. So we, so we all, so that's the reason we, I don't think, I don't think if he would have passed away, there would have been no reason for us to, to move. And obviously you, you love Jesus. You're, you're a committed Christian. When did, when did you become a Christian? Actually, when I, when I, in 2001, 2001, I went to the refuge. I went to, I, and I, my, you know, my, after my dad, you know, my dad, my, we grew up Catholic. So after, after he passed away, my mom, after that, she just became a, she became a like hardcore believer in Jesus Christ, you know. So we started going to church, a non-denominational church, and so she became she became. But for me, you know, it was just a thing to do, you know. At, at that age, you just go to church with her because you kind of had to. It wasn't until I turned nineteen that I really gave my 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 life to to Christ. Um, and for those who might not know, uh, the refuge is like the youth outreach arm of yeah. church phoenix and it's been there for many years the church actually meets in like the i guess you'd call it the refuge warehouse they have a yeah. skate park they have all sorts of stuff they're reaching out to all sorts of kids from all sorts of demographics and uh, dan and reagan have been doing an awesome job there so you really made a decision for christ through that ministry at that age at that age and i just i just after that has been it's been full go since then you know um I, I, I got saved and I I worked I've been in the church been in the same church ever since really um, since nineteen um, worked for worked as a, as the associate youth pastor with Pastor Dan for for a number of years and then decided to go into physical therapy and then but I still even all through school I still was was involved in in ministry as as much as possible. Now, we brought you on here on the podcast so that uh, we could talk about racism and the Christian response. And it's been awesome hearing your story because it's always important to remember that uh, regardless of uh, hashtags or news stories, um, this is about people. Um, I know the, the, the conversation get, can get so political, but we want to bring it back into, hey, what has this been like for people right now what are people saying how are they feeling and you being a nigerian born migrant to the united states um what have your experiences been with racism and not just pertaining to skin color but also just being from another place well you see like coming coming from nigeria i had i had no no clue no idea what racism was like what any kind of race relations and you know like we had in nigeria we had we had some education about about uh, apartheid you know so we because yeah. it was an african we were an african so we had some idea of what you know at that time you're so young but you have an idea of a little bit what's going on i remember the day nelson actually remember the day nelson mandela was free from prison it was it was like rejoicing in nigeria they sent everybody home from school um but this sense everybody home so you at that time then you asked you know i remember asking my mom because my 
at that time, my mom was a teacher. I was like, why? Why we? I know, I know about Mandela, but why is it such a big deal? And she, she tried to explain a little bit, but it was like rejoicing. So, so that was my like little snip, snippet of what really racism was about. So, but I never really understood it until I, until I moved to the states, you know, because, and to me, it was a little bit of just, uh, um. I guess I already had a, I already had an understanding of what like hate is. So in my mind, I just took it as that, because like, coming from Nigeria, there are people, if you come from different tribes, the people that hate you based on the tribe that you're from. So we didn't, we didn't see, we didn't like, to be honest, we didn't see very many white people. If you saw a white person, it was like, you told your friends about it. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 how, that's how sparse, that's how sparse it, it was, yeah. you know? Um, but but so it didn't it didn't bleed into Nigeria or anything. But you just we just had because it was an I guess it was an African nation, so we just had a little bit of an understanding. But so it wasn't so I didn't we didn't really I didn't understand it until I came moved to the United States. You you I understood like hate, you know, people I I understand the fact that people don't like you based on where you're from or people don't like you. But I never experienced people don't like you based just because of how how you the color of your skin. I never really, I kind of understand, I never really experienced that because we didn't have, there was no chance to experience it in, in Nigeria. And then when I moved here, yes, I did. Like, of course, I think, I think most, I think the majority of, of, of Black people, they would probably tell you they've experienced it in some way. And not just, like, I think I experienced racism, it was like a blatant um race racism I, I i don't know about the the younger generation now but but from from like from my generation i'm sure definitely any generation above me you know um i'm sure this is blatant that you definitely experience and when you say blatant what does that look like oh it'd be like it'd be like so the first one the first one was i remember being the first one was high in high school we had just moved been only in the country for about a couple of years there were a couple of guys on the on the football team. I was like, I was like, hey, I needed a ride home. I was like, hey, can I can I get a ride home? They're like, dude, we can't. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you live? I know where you live. You guys, you live? He's like, no, you can't. My dad, my dad won't. My dad won't allow that. I was like, what? Just ask him. So, sure enough, the truck pulled up. He went to go talk to his dad, and his next thing, he just jumped in the truck and just left. Like. At that time, too, I was like, oh, that's weird. I guess I'll find a different ride home. I didn't even put, put two and two together, you know, because didn't, they didn't want to say, you can tell they were kind of ashamed of it. There were two kids on the football, on the same football team as I was, you know, um, but they didn't want to. So that was, I was like, oh, whatever. I'll, I'll, find a, I'll find a different way home. So that was the first, that was really like the first real, real experience. Um, Dude, that's, that's heartbreaking to hear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Is that it's just a bit. I would never understand that, but that's not my job to try and understand understand that. You know that kind of thinking, or that kind of mentality. And then you've experienced in in during football games, people will call you the you know the N word. And when at that young, when you start understanding what it really means, you like at that age, I don't want to fight. You know, like yeah. what would you call me? You know, like cause a scene in a football game, and, and understandably so. Like. I remember one time it happened in soccer in a soccer game, and the, the kid called me, called me the N word. You know, and my coach was like, "Next time that happens, you break his leg." I was like, "Oh, he's more serious about it." Than yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but he was, yeah, you know, so it's happened in games multiple times. It's happened just walking, literally one time just walking into Target and a guy drove by his truck and just yelled, like, F you, you. I was like, wow, man, what is up with you? You know, like, never met him before. Didn't know who, I can't even tell you who it was, but just just blatant so that's that's what i mean like blatant you know most what i know i have like i have experienced things like that like even as a trip like as a physical therapist you know like i've gone to someone's house the company sent me to this person's house like even my brothers having my brother send you to this company's house and the patient would be like no i don't want i don't want to be treated by by him by a black person by a black person yeah dude i mean at that time, you just you're like, all right, move on, you know. Like, I, I, what, what do you? That's not, it's not my job to, it's not my job to fix that or to, or to be mad at that. It doesn't mean no good to be mad at that, you know. Yeah. So when everything went down with the whole George Floyd incident in the United States, um, for some of our listeners who are younger, young adults, they might not remember, but it seems like every, gosh, every number of years. Uh, some form of police brutality incident comes through the yeah. news cycle. Um, and I don't know if it's just, you know, the uniqueness of the pandemic and the political climate in the United States, but yeah. um, when George Floyd happened, um, what was your reaction to that? What was it like um, where you're at? Yeah. I mean, George, the George Floyd one was, was extremely sad because it's, is blatant. It's it was some of them. Some of them, you're like, okay, let's wait for the whole story to come out. You know, let's wait for the whole story to come out. But the one that made the one that made the reason George Floyd's was so different is because it was blatant. It was here's this guy handcuffed, and you kneeling on his neck for nine minutes. You know, a whole nine minutes. I couldn't. I couldn't bear to watch. The, I couldn't. I couldn't stomach watching. So the, I don't think there are two sides to that story. It, everybody was like, "Okay, what 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 happened? Like, what are you what are you doing here? What are, who do we who who needs like what, what something needs to happen in in this in this situation right now? You know, there's some there are a couple of other ones that Philip Castillo was also another one that was pretty blatant. Um, and so so it was it, it it just caused. I mean, I don't know if it was because of the pandemic going on or but it just it just snowballed you know it, it started off it was little and it became it became a thing and it became a thing fast and like it became it was it was a thing very very fast and it was very hard and then the, the thing that too that changed about it was the conversation just started changing like the conversation started changing and you know there are people that make comments like that I don't necessarily agree agree with, um, but but they you know it just it just snowballed into this like snowballing is a big thing, and it is like almost like it was like almost like a reopening of wounds. Like you you watch you watch the video and you watch and you know you understand you have an understanding like um, segregation and and the civil rights act movement only happened fifty five years ago. It wasn't like it happened you know, a hundred years ago. And even, so it's only, you can, so people have seen this, the people that are alive today that have seen things like this happen through their lifetime. And it's almost like, so it's very tangible, very tangible, very, 
a very tangible situation. You you felt it. Even just going to a, going to a store, you felt it. Like you felt the unease. Like people are just uneasy. Um, and so obviously, there's a lot of things that have come out of it, um, like movements and people on this side and people on this side. But well, let's talk about that a bit about the response we want to really hone in on the Christian response to these type of things. Because if you are a Christian and you believe in God's word and you want to live by God's word, you can't just put your Christian worldview on the bench here and let politics take over or um, anger take over or all these types of things. Um, So here you are, Uche, a Nigerian-born American. What was your response? What resonated in your heart as a Christian? Oh, I, 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 like instantly, you're sad. You're just sad. You're heartbroken. You know, it's 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 heart is heartbreaking. It's it's like, man, okay, God, how do we how do we handle how do like God, how do we really handle this? Like, what what how is it that you want us to handle it? You know, like what's the hierarchy of how our thought is supposed to be is supposed to line up? I like you said, I'm like I said, I'm I'm Nigerian born person i have a i i understand that i i didn't grow up here i didn't i didn't um my parents didn't grow up here they can't they can't they my mom can't tell you what it's like to grow up in america during segregation if she lived here she would be able to tell you that so her like so her stories and the way she encourages me are not based on they're based on her worldview you know like being from nigeria and my, my mom went through like <clears throat> the civil war in Nigeria. So she, so she knew, like, she knew what it was like to have a race, like a, 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 a different tribe that hates her tribe. Like she, her, it was her tribe that they hated. So she, she knows what that's like. So she was like, I remember living in the North and she was like nervous. As soon as my dad, my dad was, so the Northerners didn't like us, the Easterners. So my dad was, my dad was sent to the North because he was in the military. He was, he was stationed in the North. As soon as my dad passed away, she was like, I'm getting out of the North. You know, like, there's no way I can be in the North. Because she feels that, that, that tension. So she, so her worldview came from, from that. So here is different, you know, in, in the United States is different because the, the system that was placed in place to oppress a black, a person of color. So I came in from Nigeria and I'm riding, I'm able to be successful. I'm able to come in this country because of what things like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did, you know. So we're able to come into this country and have and have success. My mom didn't really, my mom is able to come in and have success. She didn't really experience it. But those emotions, people that grew up here and experienced those things, those emotions are so real that when they see like something like that, like a, a a white man kneeling on a black man's neck, they, it takes them back, and they have this like crazy emotional. So how do you how do you how do you communicate that? How do you talk through that as a believer? You know, that was a that's a challenge because it's such a deep emotional. You have to allow for time, right? You have to allow for time for people to be to be upset, to be mad, and to and to voice frustration, and because that's a, such a deep emotional. Scarred that only like we know only <clears throat> only God can heal that. Not a policy can really heal that. You know, it's only it's only the spirit of God that can the grace of God that can heal that. It's not it's not a it's not some sort of policy, right? There, yes, there are policies that can be placed put in place to to help change. You know, and to help to help change go for the long. But as a Christian, 
the way I approach, the way I approach is like, how do we have conversations? How do we have conversations? So the first thing I did was literally, I just got off social media. Like I tried to start having like real conversations with people, like real conversations with believers and non-believers of African-American descent, people that grew up in the hood, like and people whose parents have told them, you need to watch out for the white man. You need, you need to make sure you watch out for the white man because it's a real experience. Like they're not just saying that to say that. They're saying that because they experienced it. Do you know? Do you know? So like, how do I, how do I have those kind of like how do I have those real kind of real conversations with people? So I, I really literally just start calling people, having hour long conversations, and then saying and trying to figure out how you. How do you rect- how do you how do you rectify because as a believer my goal is not to it's not to solve racism my goal is how can I use this to to preach the word of God really how can I use this to help people it's like how can I use this to present the gospel like hey Jesus is able to do this Jesus is able to bring peace is able to rectify things and it's deep emotions inside of you I that's that's so that was my number one. That was my number one um, way of attacking. I guess yeah. that's the number one way. Of, I need to read my Bible, see what what God talks about, and what the Word says about situations like this, and then attack it like attack it in that way. Yeah. I can't read what people say. I can't because that just pulls you in different directions. You know, mm, yeah. I can't read. What we gotta get to God's word, man. I have to. And that's a good reminder because we can't live based upon emotional responses. Um, and once emotions have run their course, you know, we, we, we live in, a, in an age where emotions have become king. It's all about how are you feeling? How am I feeling? How, you know, what, what is my feelings? What is my feelings? And if we're not careful, it all becomes about the emotion um, and the virtue of of look at how much yeah. I care about this. Look at how much I, I'm so angry about this. Yeah. But then we're void of sharing the solution, which we believe as Christians is the gospel. Like if yeah. you could post all day online, but if you are void of sharing the gospel and sharing it with people, not just throwing out quotes on the internet for who knows to read, but if you're void of sharing yeah. the gospel to others, throughout yeah. these situations, then you're actually void of sharing the solution that the human heart actually needs. No, you do, you do, you do not only that person a disservice, I do my, I do myself a disservice, right? I do, what is, what's the hierarchy of my life? Like, so this is a conversation I had to have actually with, with so is my wife. I'm like, like, so this is, I have to, I have to understand what the hierarchy of my life is. First of all, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a child of, I'm a believer. I'm a, I'm like, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, number one. Then like whatever, then I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a black man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, actually I'm a Nigerian first because that's, that builds, that's more of who I am than being a black man. I am a Nigerian. Like that's culture totally different than being just a black man. So I am, so whatever, whatever builds me up is first I'm a child of God, then I'm a husband, then I'm a dad, then I'm a, I'm a Nigerian before I'm a black man, like right. So that's my hierarchy. So number one has to always, when any situation rises up in my life, especially in things like this, I have to like number one has to always take precedence, which is I am a 
I'm a, I am a, I'm a Christian. I am a child of God. Like, yeah, let's expand on that a bit because you've been sharing so openly and we really appreciate it. Uh, you know, racism, you, you just mentioned that you've had people decline your services because of your skin color. That's not a joke. That's not virtue signaling. That's a reality in your life. So how have you found that journey? You know, you, you moved to the States, not a Christian. Now you've become a Christian. Um, how has that journey been in responding to racism as a Christian? You know, you come to Christ and there's this crazy amount of joy in your heart that you experience and you're like, Man, nothing can like, like, whatever, whatever, whatever happens to me happens to me. I don't, I don't care. So you like, it's almost like for me. I guess that's why. I guess I should talk about from my perspective. Is having this like really getting saved and experiencing experiencing Jesus Christ. And like, man, it doesn't matter what happens in this life. I do not care. Like, whatever God brings my way, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Whatever He chooses. So, so after having after having a son. After having a kid, I, I realized that I'm gonna raise a son in this society, right? There, there a lot of things I have to take into consideration. I'm raising a son in this society is like hyper visual, like really visual. This is like they can get on a, a bunch of things and read a bunch of things and get a bunch of things into their minds and say a bunch of things that it's not like it's not real. Like, how do I give my son what is what is true? Like, how do I present to him yeah. something that's true? Because he's going to get a lot of things bombarded. So for me, that that's where it really stemmed. Looking at my kid, I'm like, dude, he's going to, my son is going to grow up in this society and he's going to experience things like this. Maybe not as bad, you know, maybe, I don't know. It, it might, it might still be, he's going to experience it. But how do I, how do I get him to still to still be able to do what he what he's called to do and not get wrapped up in in the such in the emotion of it. Yeah. Like he has to find his identity in something so he doesn't get wrapped up in 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 the whole emotion of it. And that's I have to point him towards Christ. Yes, people might look at you and be like, dude, I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna you they're gonna look down on you on you based on the color of your skin. That's not your that's not your problem, son. That's their problem. Right. You know, you so you move on. That's not that you have to move on. There's no, that's not an excuse to not move on. Right. There are people that have worked too hard for you not to move on, right? Yeah. So you can move on, and you have that. You have your identity is in Christ, not not really the base, not based on the yes, yes. We see the color of your skin, but that's your your identity goes way deeper than that. I have to I have to teach my son that. If I don't, then I I I do him a disservice, right? I do him a disservice, and so so like. Thinking about my kids made me wanna made me wanna like solidify how I like my thoughts and my mentality about racism. Is racism real? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it is it is the, is it in the system? Yes, it is. Is my how what so what's my goal as a believer? What do I want what do I need to do with that? Um I don't know. I don't know how to solve that. I don't. It's, I don't know if it's my goal to. I don't know if it's my goal to solve that. Like, what is our goal? Like, after this protest, what is our goal? My goal has to be what my word says. I should. My goal should be. It has to be. Right. It has to be. If it's something else, I would chase. I would chase that to the to kingdom come, and it would do. It would do nobody any good. That's my. But that's my opinion about it. You know. Yeah. Are there, are there policies? Are there policies that can sign that change it? Yes, 
it does that, is that policy going to change the heart of man? No, it won't. The policy is not going to change the heart of man. That is my calling to do that. Is to is to present Christ to change the heart of man. Like, how do I do that? How do I do that in those times? You know. Yeah, and I love that you're talking about identity there because that's what this is really about. It's about identity. Like number one, that I would know that my identity is in Christ if I'm a Christian, and number two, that I would view others through Christ-like eyes and see them in the identity that God would want me to see them. Um, You know, my goal as a Christian is to see everyone, even my enemy, even the person that has been uh, unjust towards me, is to see everyone in heaven with me. And that can be a bit of a challenge at times. And it's hard. It's it's hard. It's hard for someone that's like, it'd be hard for someone that's experienced that kind of thing. Yes, I've experienced racism I, 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 but it's, it's and sometimes it's hard to think man like how can that person be like that i don't i don't know i don't i don't that's not my job to trying to figure that out mm-hmm. i like you pray for the grace you pray for the grace of of god to help them which is like a that's sometimes that's a hard thing it's hard it's hard for any situation for us you know like when someone like you said when someone has wronged you how do you how do you look at them and say man i pray the group like but that's what we're called to do, though, right? You know. Yeah, it has to be our goal. It has to be our goal. And the Holy Spirit helps us, and He gives us new eyes. He changes our heart, which is always a great help. Well, Uche, any advice you'd give? I know you've already said so many awesome things, and it's been great hearing your story and just learning from your experiences. But any advice you'd give to our listeners? You know, a lot of them are under 30, and we have other people who listen too, and anybody's welcome to listen. But we're predominantly focused on that, what we call our central age group. Uh, the 18 to 30. So any, any last advice you'd give to some people? Yeah. So, so like I, I, I am, I'm right now, I am currently like at a, a TA at a physical therapy school. So we, so the school, they're trying to be, you know, like since because of all this and they're trying to like incorporate this diversity thing. And so they invite all the students, 26 year old, 22. And so we're having this conversation and majority of them are, are white, you know, and the school, since I'm working for the school, they, they, the, the director of the school is like, she encouraged us, you know, it's like one of us, and I encourage you, but you should, you should probably do this. Read the book called White Fragility. So I'm re, I'm re, I'm going through this book called White Fragility. And some of it, I, I get, like, I get what, what, where it's coming from, but as a believer, it's really hard to like conceptualize that, you know, so the conversation really is different between like someone that's a believer and someone that's, that's not. It's right. a lot. It's some. It's a lot harder to have a conversation with someone that's not, yeah. not a believer because we don't we don't have the same basis. We don't have the same background base to stand on, upon. But someone that's like a believer, it said, I would say like what 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 like what is our what is our like I told you what's our goal uh, ultimately what's our goal? It, this is an opportunity, right? There's always an opportunity in the crisis. So how do you pray? And God gives you the ability to have a, a real conversation, white, black, what, you know, whatever. As a white person, like, how do how do I have the conversation? And then how do I drive that conversation? How how do I drive that conversation to like presenting the gospel? That's that's how do I do that? That's that's encouraging. That's encouragement to to a white or black person. As a black person, it's like, like God, how do like, these emotions are real? These things are real. How do you, how do you want me to approach them? How do you really want me to approach them? And sometimes it's a hard, you know, like how you pray some prayers sometimes and get, but your emotions are still strong. You know, 
God, man, I, I really like my wife to stop doing this, you know, and God is telling you, you probably should change. You're like, no, but God, would you please change her? This is like, because so emotions are so strong in that, right? Yeah. But you know, like God is telling you that you should, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, but we you all know God. the answer there is that your wife is always right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So like, how, how do, how as believers, how do we, how do we, how do we have this conversation based on what my word says and not right. what, not what I read on social media. So social media is going to fail me all the time. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Like they, it's going to pull you in so many different directions. How do I, how do I have that conversation? But how do I find an opportunity to present the gospel? Like when that guy says, I don't, he doesn't want me to treat him. Um, I, I, I just laugh and move on. Why'd you laugh and move on? Because I, because my identity is in Christ. I don't. It doesn't matter what that guy. You know, it doesn't matter what that guy says. You know, it doesn't. What he says doesn't really, doesn't get. It doesn't get to me. It's sad, and I, I hope he. I hope he changes. That's on him though. Like, doesn't really phase me. But it's my faith that allows me to do that. I can't. I'm not saying I, I do that out of my natural human <laughs> human self. Well, Uche, thanks so much for joining us today. We love and appreciate you and Sose and the family. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. And thank you for being so honest and open about your experiences and sharing a bit of your life story. And I hope that, you know, in any conversation, obviously not everything applies to everyone, but I think we covered some things that really apply to us as believers um, and our, what our Christian response should be to this whole racism thing, which isn't going away, unfortunately. We live in a broken world. We live in a sinful world. It's going to be here. And, and not only racism, but many other evils. And it's a great opportunity, as Uche said. It's an opportunity for us to stand up and be salt and light. So that's pretty much it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back next time. Look, if you have any questions, of course, message us. Find us on Instagram. Uh, find me, Maria, on Instagram, anyone. Uh, we're here for you. We're here to help you, serve you uh, as a church. And we love you guys. Elliot, sign us off, buddy. Hello. Hello.